Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the very first show of the Power of PR Radio. I'm Angela O'Mara and I will be your host for this exciting new program on Blog Talk Radio. The Power of PR Radio is dedicated to bringing industry leaders of TV, news and entertainment media to our listeners to help them create a bigger presence for their own business. Today, our first guest is Nigel Smith. Nigel, like me, is a um, former um, person from the UK. He has also been in media for many, many years and the marketing of small businesses. Um, Nigel is also in the process of writing a book about PR and how it can help you build your business and um, he will, we will be dis- discussing just various aspects of media. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. 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 Oh, hello, Nigel, and how are you today? I am great. Thank you very much, and thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome. Well, um, as I was just explaining to our listeners today, um, both of you just happen to be from the other side of the pond and in the same industry as far as media, media relations, and I uh, was just explaining that you're in the process of writing a book. Um, That's that correct. is at the moment um, unnamed. So why don't we get started with our call, and perhaps, Nigel, you can just tell me a little bit about yourself and the type of PR that you have done and how our listeners can benefit from your experience over the years. Well, um, I've been in the industry for many years, actually, uh, kind of a variety of areas, but primarily um, kind of like uh, you, somewhat medically focused um, in PR and uh, m- mostly with an entertainment focus. Okay, great. Uh, so um, tell me, um, how would you explain, you know, because I do get a lot of questions, you know, from both clients and from listeners that ask, you know, well, should I be advertising my business? Should I do PR for my business? You know, what what is your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I always sort of uh, hedge my bets on that and I always say, well, there's no truly right answer because each each action is valid and there's no one action of any kind of marketing or whether it's paid advertising or PR or any other action that gets attention for your business that um, is exclusively going to bring you um, new clients. Um, you know, I was, you know, look at each client is different because everybody is, and it really is a, a combination of different things. Um, although, obviously, I'm, I'm very much biased towards PR because, I, you know, unlike paid advertising where you pay often quite a significant amount of money to be guaranteed um, a specific time and a specific space, uh, depending on who you're advertising with, um, you know, advertising is... N- seen for what it is. Everyone who watches TV or reads a, a magazine or newspaper or looks at an internet site recognizes that the ads are paid and therefore um, they're a little bit reserved because they're educated and they know that 
they um, may maybe don't have the same level of credibility as um, you know an interview or a, what they consider the the regular part of the show that's not advertising um, because somebody's actually paid money to to be there. Whereas for me, um, PR really um, is credible because it, it's 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 uh, unpaid. I see. I see. So let me ask you, because like me, you know, I, I just have always known that PR was kind of my area of expertise and where even before I was doing PR, I was always good at doing PR. So have you always known that PR is something that, that you know, is kind of just intrinsic to your nature? Is it something that you were trained or you had to go out and find a new career in PR? For, for me, what, what would you say helped you in that way? You know, um, for me, I'm, I'm one of those lucky people who sort of um, arrived at PR a little bit later on but had been doing PR without actually realizing that's what I was doing. You know, I started off initially in a sales career, and uh, it was only later on that I actually realized that PR really is selling. Um, but what you're doing is you're selling an idea, which is convincing and persuading people. And your purchase order, uh, unlike a salesperson who gets a purchase order which ships something in a box, your purchase order ultimately is that um, the person you've spoken to at the media company or the uh, TV station or the Internet site uh, has found um, what you have to say interesting enough that they have taken that information and posted it up or used it within in a show. So you're, you're still selling um, it's just that it's it's a different perspective. So I, I sort of um, phased into it, and then sort of one day realized, oh, you know what, I'm I'm more of a PR person than a salesperson. Although they're, they're often sort of grey areas that sort of interlink with each other. So do you think that sales, having a having a sales background, um, is beneficial to to people who are, you know, looking to get into P, PR or using PR for their business? Yes, I do. I think, um, first of all, um, it's about rejection. You know, when you're a, a salesperson or a PR person, if you get rejected and take the rejection personally, then you're not going to do well. Um, you have to be able to take rejection, sort of let it roll off your back, uh, understand that people are rejecting you, not necessarily because it has anything at all to do with you. You may have just have called them at the wrong time on the wrong day, and maybe they're feeling frustrated in their job, and somebody, um, you know, wanted to, you know, maybe their boss, you know, was having, a, you know, giving them a hard time, and then guess what? A salesperson calls up or a um, you know, a PR person calls up, and guess what? They can they can vent their energy and maybe negativity on that person who really can't bite back because a PR person or a salesperson always has to be nice and accommodating because their ultimate goal is to uh, communicate with you. Um, and so, you know, if you take rejection personally, um, that's that is definitely. Uh, something that's that's going to really affect your career and having a, a sales background is great because it's really a, a good training area to uh, not only take rejection but then understand why somebody has rejected you and use the information or thoughts on on why that person is rejecting you and maybe come back with a different approach great great well let me ask you a question um as far as um, like PR for the small business, what are some uh -huh. good PR tips for small businesses that are just starting out that you you can offer to our listeners? Oh, 
Well, I, I would certainly say that um, every business has an interesting story, um, regardless. Um, the, one, of the, one of the problems I find is that most people, um, most, most people who have um, a business assume that everybody understands what they do. And that if they um, assume that everyone understands what they do, they don't think that's interesting. When I meet a lot of people who have businesses, they, they, they think that I understand what they do. I actually don't. I understand, excuse me, please. Um, I understand in general what they do, but I'm really looking for the drama in their business. And everybody's business has drama. Um, so, you know, I think that to try and take a step back, have a look at your business, um, try and, you know, find out what's, what's exciting or remember what excited you when you first started your business is really um, very, very important in helping you um, think of ways to make, make yourself of interest to the media. Okay, okay. Drama, I love that. So, I mean, you know, a lot of what we, we do here at my agency, and is although it's medical, it's entertainment related, and there's definitely a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we deal with the drama? <laughs> well, there's, I think there's two kinds of drama. There's the, the personal and negative drama um, that we have to sort of clear out of the way, and, um, and that, that, that is always very hard because, you know, there are, you have often extremely well-educated, extremely intelligent, extremely accomplished people who are used to running everything and also very capable of doing everything. Um, and I think the, the, the difficulty is that because they're so accomplished, um, they don't often realize that not everyone uh, can keep up with them or is, is able to do what they do. Um, I think that, you know, for us, um, you know, we understand maybe not necessarily the, 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 the very, very specific details that they've spent many years um, training for, but we do understand sort of the general ideas of what they do. And so just looking at the general understanding, which is what most people want, um, trying to take out the, the technical drama and trying to find... Um, uh, sort of a, a non-clinical or a, um, an emotional, an emotional drama that people can connect with um, is really is really very difficult to do. But um, to look for the emotional things that people um, think are interesting, exciting. One of the keys I often give to to my clients is that I will tell them, you know, when you get home at night, um, you may you may start a conversation at your dinner table with your wife, which will start something to the effect of, "Honey, you're not going to believe this one." And what that really is is, you know, we all deal with things on a daily basis that are, you know, kind of interesting or different. But once in a while, there'll be something a little bit unusual, a little bit different. Um, from every day that even maybe after having been in practice or in business for many years, you still go, wow, that was different. And that's exactly the type of moment that I think a business needs to remember um, because that, that, is, that is the kind of drama people are looking for. You know, the, inter, the interpersonal where, you know, one person doesn't get on with another um, 
or there are you know various frictions and that's generally negative and unless you're in a, a reality TV show where they're actually scripting it and telling you to be negative um, that that's 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 never a drama you want to uh, share with the world great great well let me ask you one last question here before we bring dr. David Matlock onto the show if um, you can talk to us just about social media and PR and has that had any effect on how we do PR has it changed things or what's your take on that um, yeah, you know, it really has. Um, you know, social media is becoming much more important. I mean, I think we're really in the very early stages of social media, as we'll, as everyone will ultimately understand it. It's, it's literally evolving right in front of our eyes. Um, if everyone thinks back to even a couple of years ago, no one had even ever heard of Facebook. Now Facebook is is sort of a standard, you know, people will give out their... Um, you know, phone numbers and also say, oh, by the way, Facebook me, which is sort of a standard reference now. Um, you know, I think social media is something that um, we should all participate in, but I, I also would say with extreme caution. Um, I don't think that we should randomly throw out information there. I think we should uh, think about exactly, you know, how that information that we share on social media is used. I think that, you know, Digitally, once you put something out there, it's out there forever. So I, great. every time you write, you, might, you need to evaluate the consequences. Great, great. Well, thank you so much, Nigel. I hope you're going to stay on the call with us. Um, I'm sure. now going to bring Dr. David Matlock into the call. So please do stay on the call with us, Nigel. Okay. Hello, Dr. Matlock. Hi, Angela. How are you doing? I'm doing great, David. We're live on the Power of PR Radio. And welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to have you here today. Um, and before we go any further, I just want to do a, a brief introduction to our listeners about you, David, if that's okay. That's fine. Uh, today's guest is Dr. David Matlock, who is best known for being on E! Entertainment's hit TV show, Dr. 90210, as well as many other worldwide media outlets. Um, Dr. Matlock's office is located on the world-famous Sunset Boulevard in L.A., over the past 23 years, Dr. Matlock has treated over 5,700 patients. He is very well known in the entertainment industry and has treated numerous stars on both the big and the small screen, as well as many world-renowned music artists. He has also treated foreign presidents and their families, members of royalty, and many professional athletes and their wives. Um, Dr. Matlock has treated patients from all 50 states and over 63 countries. His highly refined state-of-the-art techniques yield the natural results that patients want. Dr. Matlock is known as the pioneer of female genital plastic surgery, and he has been contributed with popularizing the LVR, the DLV, VASA high-def liposculpturing, and Brazilian butt augmentation. Um, Dr. Matlock, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I've told our listeners a few things about you, but I'd love to hear from you, and um, perhaps you can tell me what's transpired over the years to help you reach this level of stardom that you now have. Well, Angela, I really think that uh, you know, being not just a physician or a doctor, 
or a surgeon, but also being a businessman. You know, I always had, and I have a master's in business administration from the University of California at Irvine, but, you know, I always had a very good business sense and business mind. And when I went to get my MBA, people would say, well, what are you doing that for? You don't need it. But I, I felt that I was holding myself back, and I felt that with that degree, I can do so much more. So, I mean, that's what I feel, and that's really what has really helped me in, in my, uh, my career. But I look at medicine, not just as medicine, but I look at medicine as a business, and I approach medicine as a business as well. So that is really what has uh, brought me to where I am now today. Great, great. Well, let me ask you a question, because... Um I know, you know, many some of our listeners are, you know, also have their MBA in business and and some don't. So, given the kind of what you've learned over the years as a physician and as a businessman, you know, are there any tips that you can offer to our non-MBA listeners that can encourage them in their endeavors to build a better business? I would say to I to uh, to doctors, understand you are very very smart people. With the Internet, there's a tremendous amount of information here and out here that you can use and use to your advantage. You should sit down and go through some of these things. Or if you're, looking, you're interested in marketing, you're interested in PR, so go. There's a tremendous amount of information out there where you can educate yourself. So I would do that. I would use that, use all these things available to you to help educate yourself so that you can help to bring these particular information and knowledge into your business. There's a tremendous amount out there. You're very smart people, and you can do it. Great, great. Well, let me ask you now, um, you know, um, the media is obviously just one component of the, the many aspects of an MBA program of what you've learned over the years by, by being in business. But what made you decide, you know, to enhance your image through the media? Was there any first approach? Was there any, something you saw, something you desired? What, what kind of made you get involved with the media? Okay, you know what happened. What happened, you know, I, I developed out this laser vaginal rejuvenation for enhancement of sexual gratification and designer laser vaginoplasty for the aesthetic enhancement of the vulvar structures. So what I did, I, you know, basically when I started that, it was one, with one particular patient, and after six weeks when this patient had laser vaginal rejuvenation for enhancement of sexual gratification, she said, Doctor, guess what? I said, what? She said, sex is great now. I said, oh, okay, all right, fine. And the husband called. I said, Doctor, guess what? I said, what? He said, it's like having the same wife but a new woman. I said, okay, all right, fine. You know, I just kind of followed the way in the back of my head. But then when a girlfriend of hers came in, she said, Doctor, you know what? You know, Susie had this. She had a functional problem. I don't have a functional problem. Would you do this to enhance sexual gratification? So I modified my thoughts, and I said, fine, and I did it. The same results. And then all these people started coming in word of mouth. Then at a point, I said, well, wait a minute. There's a need for this. And I basically went public in, uh, with an ad saying laser vaginal rejuvenation for enhancement of sexual gratification. We were inundated with requests and, and, and procedures and, and surgeries and all this to the point that we had to pull the ad. But then as a result of that, all these other patients came in asking for other things and other procedures. But also what happened, the media started calling. The media wanted interviews and so forth with print, broadcasts, and all this. And the point being is that, hey, sex sells. And what I quickly understood was that, you know, is that I needed them and they needed me. I think if you completely 100% understand that and you have something that you want, they want 
and understand that relationship that you have with the media. You need them and they need you and use that to your advantage. That's exactly what I did. That is absolutely just a great tip right there, is establishing what is the need of the media. Now, in your case, you know, as we know sex sells soap, um, and we've seen that in advertisements over the years for many years. Um, but it's definitely true. It's like when you, when you realize that the media has a need, and if you can fill that need that they have, then you become a great resource to the media. So that's, that's a really good tip for our listeners. Now, but, but, now, Dr. Malik, you have been obviously a star of, of you know many many different shows, and the most popular one that we know is you know E Entertainment's Doctor Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Can we talk a little bit behind the scenes of being on national television? What pointers can you offer to our listeners of how you manage that, how you fit that into your lifestyle, and how you control it? Yeah, well, you know, I think it, it's you need to be able to control it. You need to, but you know what, Angela? Honestly, what I look at, I look at this as a business. I approach it as a business. And I understand and I tell people that to have this kind of opportunity where you're on for 30 minutes in, during the season and that show will be seen 60 times in a season, but it's beyond that, they run it over and over and over. It's not just national, it's international. Uh, last November I was in Dubai and recognized people wanting pictures and so forth and everything. I was in Cali, Colombia, they wanting pictures and stuff like this. In uh, Brazil, just three, the, the three months ago in, in Brazil, you know, the same thing. But being recognized because of Dr. 90210, that is powerful. I tell people that, you know, the, the value of this is that you would have to be a Fortune 500 company to afford something like that. Look at this 30 minutes on this particular subject matter in, in, in throughout the world. It is fantastic for the business. That's exactly why looking at that and seeing what this did for me, for my business, that I want to continue this on. Dr. 90210 is over, but, you know, I just did a video consult with two patients from the Netherlands because they saw me on Dr. 90210. So I want to continue this. What we're doing now, Angela, is pushing out and working very hard to get this, a new reality TV show uh pushed off is called Doc Stars of Beverly Hills. But working with the producers and with the Asian, what we want, we, what we want doc, not just Doc Stars of Beverly Hills, but Doc Stars of Manhattan, Doc Stars of Miami, Doc Stars of Atlanta, and so forth. So a whole franchise, that's what we're looking at. So I'm looking just beyond, not farther beyond. I've got my on-the-job training from Dr. 90210 for six years. Now I want to do other things. And with my agent negotiated, hey, it'd be an executive producer on this program too. So if, 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 if doctors, if they can understand this and see this, they can do these things themselves. They just know, I welcome them. Well, they can call me. What did you do? How did you do it? I can tell you what I did and how to do it how to do it well that's great you know let me ask you because you know when you first placed that ad in the newspaper like you said several years ago when you realized you know sex sells soap and you got the response did you have any idea i mean in your mind any thought that you would be producing your own reality tv show or working with an agent or working with with a hollywood production studio no i really i really didn't i really didn't but you know what I, I didn't. 
But I knew, but the thing is, is that I felt as a child I was destined for greatness. That's what I really felt. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, I, I, that's what I honestly felt, you know. So, you know, in, you know, good things come to you. Good things come to you, so you have to be able to see it. You have to be able to see an opportunity, and you have to be able to capitalize on that opportunity. Now let me ask you, well, if you didn't do, if you hadn't done any of the PR, I mean, have you ever thought, like, if you hadn't done any of this, where where would you be today? Well, you, you know have what? you ever thought that? Well, I don't think, you know, those kind of things, honestly, with my personality, really hasn't crossed my mind. I'm because uh-huh. if 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 you want to succeed and you want you're seeking greatness per se, all right, then. You you have to be open. You have to be able to see. That's why when I got the MBA, that's why I wanted the MBA. I felt that I was holding myself back. That's why I did it. And, yeah, it helped me tremendously. I have told other doctors to go out there and to do that, and at least six other doctors that I have talked to have gone back and gotten their MBA in an executive health care uh, uh, program. Well, 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 that is great, and congratulations on that, that show. I'm really excited to, to watch that roll out. Um, <laughs> a question. Um, have, there, have there ever been a time, like, behind the scenes when there's been a difficult time for you in the media? I mean, you know, I know on, on, from what I do here with my agency, it, most of it seems it's soft news, and so... You know, we don't get involved in a crisis or anything that's real critical, but once in a while we've had a few behind-the-scenes, you know, things, hiccups. Um, how about you? Has there ever been a difficult time that you, you know, think our listeners could learn from your experience, or yeah, has everything you, always ran pretty smooth for you? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's very important. Very, you know, uh, public relations is very, very important. I, I think also that you you have to really understand that the media, when they say it can be a double-edged sword, you really have to understand that. And I would say to people, you have to, you just can't go out and do every single thing that comes along. You really have to know that media or that television show. If you're not familiar with it, ask them to send you a reel, to send you information on the show. Go and look at that. Don't just jump and do anything. Public relations, the purpose of public relations is to maintain the brand, the name, the image, and to protect it. So that's how you have to think. So when someone calls to do something, then you have to look at that. I was called, I was, one year I was called to do, in 2005, and you may remember this, in 2005, to do Oprah. Now, who wouldn't want mm-hmm. to do Oprah, okay? And to do to Oprah and to do um, uh, uh, Forbes, okay? And, um, and then it was Comedy Central. Well, it was easy for me to just drop Comedy Central because I said, number one, that this information, laser vaginal rejuvenation, designer laser vaginoplasty, is very important to our patients and to me, and we want to maintain this subject matter in a good light. All right? Yes. But, but, but Oprah, what Oprah wanted was women addicted to cosmetic surgery. Well, no, wait a minute now. You come in, you have this procedure, you have this procedure once, and that's it. So I basically said, you know, basically just bowed out and said, well, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to be available, I'm going to be on vacation. And I just left it at that and didn't do it. On, on, on Forbes magazine, Forbes, what they wanted to do was to profile my life and all this whole laser fast rejuvenation and where it has come and grown to. But I sat and I looked at the, the journalist, 
And I said, well, wait a minute. You know, you look at this journalist. All she does is, is has these articles trashing the financials or the economics or the economy of foreign countries. I said, well, you know what? You know, and also, that's not my audience. Okay, yes. if you look at things that I've been in, so you've got to look at this and you've got to think of, I turn that down. So you have to look at, you say, well, wait a minute, you know, who's your audience? So that's why you see them in Harper's Bazaar, Cosmopolitan, Vogue, Marie Claire, Elle, all of these magazines, national, international, that's your audience. All right, so I was very, very, very smart about that, very smart. You have to be very smart in what you're doing. That's PR protecting the name, protecting the brand, protecting the image. That's what you have to do. That's great. Hey, Dr. Mallow, we have one minute remaining on the show. And so my last question to you is, you know, you're talking about being in Brazil and being in Dubai and different places where people recognize you. Do you consider yourself a celebrity? (laughs) Well, you know what? A celebrity to an extent. I do. But that's all all a a part of the marketing. You need that. If I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have an offer to do another show. So, That's yeah, right. you've got to use that, push that. That's part of the brand. Well, David, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate you taking the time. I know our listeners have been so excited to hear from you. Um, I hope we can have you back on the show again sometime in the future. Is That's there fine. any closing statement you'd like to make for our listeners before we end the show today? Well, keep your fingers crossed for the dark stars of Beverly Hills. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, and I I know I don't need to because, David, with your success, I know it's going to happen. I know it's (laughs) going to be great, and I'm excited to see it. Thank you very much. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. We'll talk soon. Okay, very good. Take care, Angela. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And to our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in to The Power of PR. Radio. Um, next week's guest is Dr. Catherine Maloof, um, and Catherine is a chiropractor in Mission Viejo and has done a lot of local publicity, so I thought it would be great for our listeners out there to see the difference between international stardom and local stardom. I'm your host, Angela O'Mara of the Power of PR Radio, and thank you for joining us today. Goodbye and have a great week.